Well, good morning, uh, Facebook and YouTube and the world, uh, especially Russia. I did not know that. Uh, but it's great to virtually be with you this morning. And I want to start with a, a disclaimer about this sermon. Because I'm going to do something this morning that expository preachers are told never to do. Uh, and so don't tell my boss that I'm about to do this. But uh, expository preaching, which is what we do in this church, is where you take the word of God and you stick with the word and you exposit and proclaim and give commentary on what the word is saying. And the authoritative word of God preaches to us. I'm not going to do that this morning because I, I had an expository sermon all written out and it was great. And But the Lord... Uh, kept me up in the middle of the night uh, a few days ago and just had me rewrite the sermon in the middle of the night in my head. Uh, and it had a different word for us, I think. So I'm going to use our passage as a jumping off point for what I think the Lord wants to, uh, to preach to us. And I do want to say, always be wary when preachers do this. <laughs> we want the word of God to be the authoritative voice in the church. We never want to be hearing uh, some preacher's opinion. Uh, don't come to church or don't uh, view church on your computer just to hear someone's opinion. You don't, you don't want to hear what I have to say. You want to hear what the Word of God has to say. And we want that to be what forms us and shapes us in Christ. So this passage uh, is, is continuing in our Ephesians series. And Paul is going through what's called the household code. And remember, it started in Ephesians 5 verse 21 where we're exhorted to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then how that plays out in husbands and wife relationships, and now in our passage today with children and parents and slaves and their masters. And in my sermon that had previously been written out, I was able to go through all these lists and have a great points about uh, the nature of authority and obedience and Christian parenting and even including things why slavery was not necessarily specifically condemned here, even as Paul is undermining the very foundations of the institution of slavery, which is power. But he's even, uh, even what's said there is applicable to us in our workplaces and our employee-employer relationships. But we're not going to go into all that today. I am comforted in knowing that we have an excellent Bible study podcast that's going to be released here in a few minutes. Where several of the staff kind of walk through this passage and really dig into the meat of it. So I would commend that to you as a way to dig into the word of God this morning. But what I felt the Lord wanted to talk to us today was about family. And what family means. Because what I see God doing here in this passage is, is pushing at the boundaries of what family is and extending our ideas of who belongs in the family. And I want to meditate on that with you and what that means for us in our situation. But to see this, to see Paul extending the idea of family and pushing at the boundaries, we need to first recognize and acknowledge just how radical a thing it was that Paul in this section of Ephesians where he's talking about family relationships, these most important relationships that are shaped by Christ, how radical it is that he's including children and slaves in this conversation. And not only including them, speaking directly to them. Because he's acknowledging the dignity and the humanity and the place in the family of children and slaves which was a radical thing in first century Roman culture. Children and slaves were insignificant. 
Children in Roman society were often just seen as a nuisance or, or a bother. They have very little rights and privileges. Babies could be freely abandoned or even killed at the will and the whim of the father. Slaves were just simply property, and they could be treated however the master desired at any given moment. Neither children nor slaves would have been given full or equal rights as a member of society. But Paul here is addressing them directly, saying to them that they belong here, that they're considered full and equal members of the church of God, the family of Jesus Christ. Paul, in giving these groups his attention, is communicating that they're worthy of his attention because they're an integral part of the body of Christ. He's saying to them, who the society views as insignificant, not welcome, he's saying, you belong here. You're part of this family. We need you here. The body of Christ is incomplete without you. So the point is this, that in bringing these other groups into the conversation and speaking to them directly, acknowledging them as equal parts of the family, Paul is pushing at the boundaries of who belongs. He's extending our ideas of what family is in the body of Christ. And he's playing off the words of Jesus, who said in Matthew 12, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven, that is my brother or my sister or my mother. Jesus was changing the requirements for what it meant to be family. And all this is showing us that the family of God is wider and broader than our blood families. Because Jesus Christ has come to redeem all of humanity. Every single person made in the image of God, regardless of their age, status, class, gender, or ability. And we'll remember from earlier in our book, uh, our study of Ephesians, that it's through the cross that Jesus made for himself a new humanity which is his body, which is the family of God. Everyone is welcome. All belong here who are in Christ. And all this to say is not to say that your blood family, your uh, societal family does not matter. I think on the contrary, your whole family is an integral part of the family of faith. But we need to learn to think bigger about what our family is and what the church is. A couple months ago, there was an article in The Atlantic magazine by David Brooks called The Nuclear Family Was a Mistake. Uh, And us evangelical family values types might bristle at that title, but uh, what he's getting at is that the idea of the nuclear family, which we mean mother, father, and 2.3 kids and a white picket fence, that idea is very modern. Just in the last century has, has the idea of family fundamentally meant the nuclear family. Before that, it's always meant grandparents and uncles and aunts and cousins, and a lot of people would, a lot of times those families would live together, and they would, or they would live on the same street, and family was broader than just mom, dad, and kids. And it, the writer says that uh, the breakdown of the American family that we've been experiencing in our nation is due in part to this truncated vision of the American family. And his, his assertion is that that kind of family can only really thrive when, as a family system when certain social and economic conditions are in place. 
So the article is, is really interesting. It's really long. I would commit it to you. It's long on analysis uh, and a little short on conclusions, but he ends by saying, perhaps it's time to expand our ideas of the family again, to broaden our vision, maybe getting creative in what merged families can be, different iterations of who you call family. And I, I read this to myself a couple months ago, and I thought, this is the church. This is what the church is called to be, the family of God. And as many of you are sitting maybe in your living rooms uh, with your nuclear family, uh, I don't want to discount how important these relationships are. And I don't want to discount how difficult a time like this is on a lot of families. You know, in normal life, uh, families that live in perpetual dysfunction are often to some degree able to hide or to manage the dysfunction by everyone just staying in their own lanes, doing their own thing. And I see Kat motioning to Alex uh, about that. I'm sorry, I called you out on that. But, uh, you know, we're in quarantine, we're, we're confined, everything is thrown off kilter. Our patterns are wrecked, our, our ways of doing things are all thrown off. And it's harder to hide dysfunction in a situation like this. You can't escape easily from each other like you're used to. And it's likely and it's sad that out of this time of quarantine, there, there might very well be more divorces, more abuses, more families reaching a breaking point. It doesn't have to be that way. God cares deeply about your family, just as he cares deeply about you. God knows where the hurts are. He knows where the pressure points are. He knows your dysfunctions better than you do. And he wants to bring your family into health and wholeness and transform it and build it up in the love of Jesus Christ. So have hope in this. Lean into Jesus in this season. Our, our nuclear families are incredibly important and need to be conformed to Christ. These are the most important and formational, forma formative relationships in our lives, and they're central to the larger Christian family of the church. And it's always true that Christian disciples are always made in Christian families. So the family, your family, that you're sitting with is important, and God cares about you. But there's a bigger family that you belong to as well, the church. For all of us, this is the bigger reality that we have in Christ. Whether you personally have a great family, an awful family, whether you live alone, your kids are moved out, you're divorced, widowed, orphaned, adopted, you belong to the family of Jesus Christ. You belong in the church. God has made a place for you here at this table. And this is the family that he calls you to. So at this time that we're in, this really weird and difficult time, our family at Christ Church Fox Chapel is, is separated. We're, we're distant. We can't be together. And I miss you. I miss you all. I miss packing out this sanctuary that feels so empty right now. I miss sharing the Lord's Supper with you. I miss our conversations at coffee hour. And there are ways that we can make up for that. And I think that we need to, to lean into 
what God is doing in this season through us. But even when we're distant, we are still a family. And I want to urge us to live like it. Families take care of each other. Families support each other and provide for each other's need. Families are there for each other in times of crisis and don't drift away when things get difficult. We're going to need to get creative in how we do that. And I don't have the answers of how we do that. Your pastors can't do this for you. Your pastors can't fill all the gaps of what it means for you to be the family of God. So all of us, I think, are going to need to step up in this time and lean into what it means for us to be the family of Jesus Christ. Get creative. Be on the lookout and pray for opportunities to show love and kindness and compassion and support to your brothers and sisters as well as to the poor and the vulnerable in our communities. Bring someone groceries. Write a letter. Have your kids draw a picture. Talk and pray with people through their windows. We need to be working extra hard on communicating with each other. We need to be mindful of the elderly and the vulnerable and the, those who live alone among our family. For those who are sick, how are we going to take care of them? We want to encourage social distancing, but never social isolation. And to say again, I don't have the answers to this. But this is a time for us to strengthen our family ties as best as we can. Because we belong together. And families support one another. We want to encourage us to hear that call of God as Paul articulates in chapter 5, verse 21, to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, out of obedience and love for Jesus Christ, we care for one another. Our life together as a family now is more important than ever. So let's lean into supporting one another as best as we can. And we welcome your ideas, your thoughts, your initiatives. If you have a way to do that, go do it. Care for one another. And all these things, we submit to the authority and the lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. Our relationships have to be defined by and shaped by Jesus and what he's done for us. So that he, through us, might proclaim his gospel to the world. When we do that together, we are much stronger and more effective than when we do it separately. So as God sends us out into the world this week, whether you're working, whether you're uh, furloughed or uh, out of work or stuck together uh, without anywhere to go, God is sending you out this week. He is still using you to proclaim his gospel to the world. So go do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.